As I mentioned uh, earlier, we are going to have some fun with the movie that was made and premiered last Saturday night. Uh, we're, we're starting today looking through the attitudes for success. The movie was written to illustrate these principles that God has uh, written into the way life works, really. And so I'd like to ask Ben Montgomery to come up. He wrote the movie. And the, the writer in a movie has a lot of power <laughs> because what you see on the screen, that guy decided what, what they'd say, what they would do, and the outcome, really, of their choices that they make. So the writer in a movie has a lot of uh, power, and so Ben had, had quite a bit of power in the movie. And so I'd like to watch a clip that introduces the two main characters of the movie and then talk to Ben about uh, what he was trying to accomplish in showing us their, this little piece of their life. I don't like the stucco. So tacky. Me neither. I just thought that color was a good idea anyway. <laughs> so we'll change it. All of it. All of it? Yeah. We'll buy the whole thing and we'll do it right. Put the tacky building and the tacky neighbors into exile. Well, the grandma's sweet. You wouldn't put her into exile, would you? Stick with me, baby. I'm going to blow up big. <laughs> What do you want, Maggie? You want the moon? I'll throw a lasso around it and I'll pull it down. I'll take it. And then you'll swallow it, see? And the moonbeams, they're going to shoot out of your toes and your hands and your hair. <laughs> oh, your script is so good. They're going to take it for sure, right? Oh, I hope so. Maggie, I know what I'm going to do today and the day after that and the day after that. I'm going to pitch this high school baseball sitcom to those jokers and we're going to see the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Um, in that introduction to the characters, that's the very beginning of the movie. Well, there's some other stuff that goes on, but that's, that's toward the beginning. What were you trying to tell the audience uh, in, in this introduction to these two characters? Well, we, we wanted the two main characters to both be appealing and uh, funny at the beginning of the movie. I say we because Brad Rosman and Joel Berry had a huge impact on the script as I was working through the various drafts. They gave me lots of really good feedback, and we had three or four drafts and just kept getting better and better. Um, so that was a great process. And as a team, we wanted um, to start off sort of, you know, we use these scenes to set up that they have these goals and then get some hints about how their attitudes are going to be as they try to approach these goals. So, you know, with, with Al, to start with, anybody who's quoting George Bailey to his wife, having a good time doing that, is, is a good guy in my book. And, you know, hopefully we want to root for him right away. 
with Zach, you know, there's already this tiny little question about how he thinks about other people. Is he really going to evict a grandma if he buys the building? Well, we don't know because he doesn't answer the question. He ignores it and turns the focus right back on himself. Um, so these scenes, sort of seeing them side by side, sets up uh, the theme of the movie, which could be phrased, self-serving attitudes ruin relationships and make long-term success impossible. Thanks. That's good. Um, you, you intentionally didn't write the attitude of faith in the movie. Actually, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the first two attitudes for success that God has promised to bless. And um, it's, it's not really... First of all, I want to back up and say something. You notice when I talked about him being the writer of the movie, he refused to take full credit. This, this was the first time in a movie... They wouldn't even run credits at the end of the other movies, but they ran credits at, at the end of this movie. And I, I really appreciate the attitudes of the guys that work on the movies. That Nobody had their name in bigger letters than the other. <laughs> and you notice ben, ben wrote the movie. He came up with the idea, and he refused to take full credit. You know, there was a collaboration. It really was a collaboration, but I appreciate their humility, which turns out to be the, the attitude we're going to look at next week that's really core to life and very key in being able to have success without retaliation from the people around you. But anyway, you intentionally didn't write in faith into this movie. Um, do either of the main characters show any signs of faith? I, I think the key moment, uh, as far as faith goes, the key moment of the movie is when Al uh, explains his approach to show business success to Zach. And he basically says, I work really hard and I try to treat people right. And that's it. And, he, you know, he seems to understand that he doesn't have control over anything else. And so in that sense, he has an intuitive grasp of faith. Zach, on the other hand, doesn't even know what I was talking about. He, he can't compute it. So there's a big yeah. difference there. Yeah. Let's look at that scene he's referring to. Hey, you really getting a pilot, man? What's with that creamer? This is an espresso shot. <laughs> I pop a couple of these before I go on. It's one of my little secrets. So how about it? In the pilot or what? Yeah, I mean, I hope. I'm pitching it everywhere. Just kind of waiting for a call, you know, any day. You have a plan otherwise? Work hard. Be nice to everybody. Yeah, yeah, but what else? It's about it. I mean, I thought about it a lot. Work hard. Try not to worry about it. Dude. You're depressing me. Listen, I'm going to blow up big one way or the other. I got all my best stuff on YouTube, and it's getting hits day and night. I mean, that's just a small little first step, right? And then go on a big tour maybe, get discovered, get paid, yeah? I mean, I got the jokes. Now I just need the edge. See what I mean? Sure. You ever heard of Neville Noonan? The master of laughter. Is that his real name, or is that a stage name? He doesn't perform. He's a theorist. Hey, did you sign that waiver? Yes. Um... You can even see Zach's attitude is, I'm going to blow up big. I'm going to figure out how to do this. And um, Al's is, is a little more, I'm going to do my best and see what happens. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the contrast between those two attitudes in a little bit. But um, I, I just asked Ben to share this morning as an answer to the last question, how choosing an attitude of faith has really helped him in his own real life. Not the one he was portraying on the screen, but 
Uh, how has trusting God, fearing God, really helped you in your relationships and career and other pursuits? Well, you know, the two biggest areas probably are ones that show up in the movie, which are, like you just said, um, relationships and career. When it comes to relationships, when I don't get what I want, uh, and that happens way too often, by the way. It's kind of... <laughs> When I don't get what I want, then I, I, my first instinct is to either blame other people or try to, you know, squeeze it out of them somehow, get them to get with my program. And there's, of course, subtle ways to try to do that, but it's, you know, it's something that I, I, I need help with. And, um, you know, choosing faith and trying to figure out how to walk life God's way and, and getting his help along the way has, has really made relationships sweeter over time with, with my wife and my family and friends and people that I, you know, just interact with a little bit. It's, it's helping a lot. And then with career, um, I have dreamed for a long time about having a career in writing, acting, directing. It hasn't happened. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Choosing faith in this area means trusting God and his promises. You know, number one, that his plan for my life is far better than uh, anything I, I could come up with. Um, and then also that he will help me step by step towards his plan for me as I try to do life his way. Um, I cling to that, sometimes very desperately, because I would love to do this sort of thing all the time. Um, but God's really, he, he's helped me. He's, I've seen how he's changed my heart over time, and he's given me a, a contentment and a, a peace about the future that I could never have on my own. Thanks, man. Really appreciate that. <clears throat> that should help us separate uh, the character in the movie from the real Ben. <laughs> because the guy in the movie was a jerk. <laughs> you get a chance to see it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Now I want to dive right in. There's a listening guide in the program. You can follow along. I've got, I've got a lot of ground to cover this morning, but I think it, I think it'll flow and make some sense to you. Um, but I want to dive right in and begin to uncover the principles behind the, the movie that, that were written in. The Bible says that our attitudes toward people, goals, and circumstances determine the level of real success we enjoy. To the extent that we adopt certain attitudes, we, we find real success. Attitude is very important to God. He, he's watching our lives unfold. This is the perspective of Scripture, and this is what's actually going on. He's watching our lives unfold, and he's paying attention to the attitude, attitudes we choose toward what's going on in our life. And he's responding. Out of the way that he's made life work, he's responding to the choices we make in our attitudes that begin to show up in what we say and do and the way we approach things. Attitude, I'm going to define it, it's a mental, emotional preset with which we approach life. It's the angle that we take on uh, situations and relationships and the way that we handle what's going on in our lives. Our attitude is a mental, emotional preset with which we approach life. It's the way we go at things. It's the angle we, we take. There are five attitudes in the Bible that bring real blessing, extraordinary blessing from God. 
And as you set your heart to get these into your life, you're going to begin to discover that this is the case. Uh, they are fear of the Lord, trust in the Lord, humility, teachability, and patient endurance. Patience in the sense of I'm not just waiting for things to come together. I'm doing what I can. I'm working hard. I'm really getting after it. But I'm enduring as I, as I move forward in life, as I walk by faith. Our, our attitudes are, like I said, the angle from which we approach success. And this is where real success comes from. God is the one who brings it. He's the one that gives it. And he's responding based on the way we approach life. To make the right kind of progress in life, the Bible says we must choose the right attitudes. Here, here's a, a paragraph written by Charles Swindoll. He's, he's a longtime pastor, a really good communicator. But I, I like this paragraph that he's written that underlines the importance of attitudes. He says this, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We, we cannot change the inevitable. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. We choose the way we approach life. We choose the mental-emotional preset that we take toward things. And so today, we're going to look at the first two attitudes, and then the next three weeks, we're going to look at the others, uh, humility, teachability, and patient endurance. But today we're looking really at the bedrock of success, these first two attitudes, fear of the Lord and trust in the Lord. And I'd like to uncover what that actually means to fear God and trust him. If, if the bedrock, if you build a hill on, if you build a house, sorry, you, you don't, I haven't built a hill lately of you, <laughs> haven't built a house lately. But if you build a house on a hill, that doesn't have the right foundation, what happens? It comes crashing down. We see this on the news. Happened when the rain started this, this past couple of weeks, or this week. You see the news, people are sandbagging, and they're worried, they're concerned about their houses, you know, whether it's going to make it or not, because it's not really built on the bedrock that's going to make it stand. Our lives are the same way. If we don't build our lives on the right foundation, on the bedrock, it, it can come crashing down, and we can end up not making the kind of progress that we want. Um, God has made faith, you find out in the Scripture, he's made faith a key attitude for success. Hebrews 11:6. without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those 
who earnestly seek him. The core of faith is deciding whether or not God is the author of life and whether or not he is going to be the primary influence in the way I live. That's, that's what it means to have faith. Because we all exercise faith every day. We, we exercise faith in ourselves. We decide, I'm going to figure out how life works. I'm going to do it this way. And I'm going to trust myself. Uh, Zach in the movie, Ben's character, was sort of like that. You know, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to try to find out how I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out how to, how to move forward. We either trust ourselves. We trust our own ideas about how life's going to work. We trust someone else and their thoughts on life. Or we trust God. And, and we decide that what he said about life works best. And we live that way. That's an expression of our faith. That's how it lives out. There, there are two sides of faith in the Bible. Two, two, two attitudes that are really like two sides of the coin of faith. First one is fear of the Lord. That sounds like an old concept. It, it's found in the Old Testament. It shows up. In the New Testament, the Old Testament's first half of the Bible. The New Testament is uh, the part of the Bible about where Jesus came to, to earth and then what happened after that. Um, but it shows up in both, both parts of the Bible. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 24 says this about fear of the Lord. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper had be kept alive as is the case today. Um, this is God's this is God's heart. When He gave us the Scripture and when He laid out these principles, and in in the Bible are the limits that He places on life, or the boundaries that He places on life. The reason He gave us the boundaries is because He wants us to do well. That word "prosper" in that passage in the original re, uh, Hebrew means uh, to make progress. To make the right kind of progress in your relationships, in your 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 goals, in, in in the right kind of progress and the right kind of goals. If you follow God's word, if you follow the scripture, you begin to experience the blessing God brings to that. And so that's that's God's heart. The I, the idea behind the phrase uh, fear of the Lord is the understanding is that God is very involved in my life, and he is responding to the choices I make by either blessing them or sometimes he lets us stew in the consequences of wrong choices. We make our own little stew, and we're just boiling in the stew of our wrong choices. Or he brings pain, he allows pain to come to our foolish choices. That's that's the idea behind fear of the Lord. It's realizing that God has set the boundaries for life. And like, you, you know, you see a fence that has a danger sign, you know, don't, don't go past, don't go over this fence because you'll get electrocuted. There's extreme, you know, there's a lot of stuff back here, bad stuff. You know, we see that fence. That's what God's scripture is, the warnings, the, the boundaries, the limits. It, it actually acts like that fence. And if we... God gives us the choice. I mean, we can hop the fence and we can go on the other side and we can try to figure out how, how it works if we make up our own rules and boundaries in life. God allows that. He's given us the freedom to choose because he, he wants us to have that ability uh, 
to obey him or not. So he, he, you know, basically you can make up your own boundaries and find out how it works. But what scripture says is God has given us these limits, these boundaries, so that it might go well with us, that we would prosper, that, that life would be good. Here's a definition of uh, fear of the Lord. A deep respect for God that causes us to live within the boundaries he set. Uh, a key question, and this is how fear of the Lord relates to faith, is do I believe God enough to stay inside the boundaries that he has set for life? When you fear the Lord, you watch what you say and do because you realize that God is the most important factor in your happiness. He is the factor. His, his blessing brings the, the kind of life that you want. His, his blessing is what we, we, we look to as we set our heart to please him. So what's involved in fear of the Lord? What kind of what does that look like? First of all, a loyal heart. Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So this is what it means. You have one question. When you're dealing with situations, you're, you're trying to make a decision on how you're going to relate in your marriage to a friend, uh, to your kids. You're, you're handling your finances. You're dealing with something at work. As you face these different situations and challenges in your life, you ask one question. A loyal heart asks one. What will please God in the way I handle this? What will be pleasing to him? Not two questions. What will be pleasing to him and get me where I want to go? (laughs) One question. What will please God? What is going to make him happy? Because he is, it turns out, the key factor in my own happiness, my own life, and the way I live it. He is the key factor in the way things are going to turn out in my life. So that's the question a person who really fears God asks. Secondly, it involves, fear of the Lord involves living in God's ways. Psalm 111, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Fear of the Lord means that you live out the principles in God's word. You trust that these really are the boundaries and they're the limits. And as you live out those principles, over time, your understanding grows. You begin to understand how God has put life together and how it works. And so over time, things begin to unfold for you and your understanding increases. Uh, Blessed, listen to Psalm 128, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man who fears the Lord. Boy, that's good stuff. That's the stuff you want. The word prosperity in that passage actually means, it doesn't mean you're going to get rich quick. (laughs) You know, it'd be nice to have the kind of money Donald Trump has. But what that's referring to is uh, satisfaction. You will be satisfied. Even the wealthy aren't necessarily satisfied. 
But as you follow God and watch him work in your life, and as he uh, begins to uh, bring his blessing, you find true, real, lasting satisfaction in that. Uh, fearing God also means that you're, you have an aversion to evil. Psalm 36 says, Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. This is characteristic of uh, just somebody who's wicked. They just, they just do what they want. They blow through the boundaries. They're, they're, they're doing life their way. Uh, Proverbs 8 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. That's, that's one of the definitions of fearing God. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. You hate evil because you realize it's out of bounds. There's a heap of trouble on the other side of that fence. And you begin to hate evil. You hate, you hate it when other people do it because you watch them destroy their lives. And you, you hate it yourself. You're, you avert it. You, you go the other way because you're, you're hating it. Psalm 34, 11 through 14. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Here's some practical things that it means that show up when you fear the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Lies. Turn, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So here it is. To fear God means that I watch what I say because I want to say things that are helpful, that are a blessing to others. It, it means that I... I turn from evil and I do good. I turn away from the evil. That evil uh, means harm. And we, if somebody is, is in our way, keeping us from getting what we want, we're, none of us are above saying something to hurt them, to try to get them to do what we want. And, and so we, we, keep our, we turn from evil and we set our heart on doing good. We seek peace and pursue it. That's how you stack up a lot of good days. If you want to have a good day, do these things. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. That's how you stack up good days. How many times have you ruined a really good day by saying something that was not very helpful, to say the least? You can ruin some good days with your words. So fearing God... Helps you. You hold back from saying what you want to say. You say what pleases him and what will be a blessing to the the people around you. It turns out that God's boundaries are the guardrails that guide you to real success. Proverbs twenty eight fourteen. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Fear of the Lord keeps you out of a lot of trouble. It's like that fence. If you fear God, you stay on the right side of the fence. You don't go over there, and you stay out of trouble. You still face challenges. Life is challenging. There's struggles. There are things we have to fight through. But you aren't creating trouble for yourself as much if you learn to fear God. That's something we all learn, and we'll get it down the day we die. We're still learning to fear God. We're still learning to include him, to factor him into life. Um, I've listed some benefits of fearing God just so you can go back later and look these over. Uh, but blessing, which means life is good. The word blessing in Scripture just means things are going well. They're really good. Uh, friendship with the Lord. 
that turns out to be helpful as you set out to live your life and to make progress in it. Uh, he, he brings blessing and helps us. Compassion from God, provision and preservation. Uh, you avoid all kinds of trouble. Prosperity, we're satisfied. This is some of the benefits of fearing God. When you fear the Lord, you're not going to experience instant success like winning the lottery, which tends to ruin lives. I don't know if you've ever seen a follow-up study of people who win the lottery. They're, they're, they do follow-up studies years later, and most of them have ruined their lives because of the money they received instantly. You're, it's not, you're not going to experience that kind of success, but what's going to happen is as you, as you follow, as you fear God, that's the beginning of wisdom, Scripture says. So you break through into the realm of wisdom, and you can begin to see how life works from God's perspective. And like a bud, when you, when you break through, you begin to say, okay, God, I'm trying to, trying to live life my way. I'm, I'm going to turn from going my own way, and I'm going to go your way. I'm going to make you boss and Lord. I'm going to recognize that you made me. I'm going to do life your way. The moment you decide that, to make Jesus Lord and God the boss, it's like a bud you break through into wisdom, and it begins to blossom over time. Not like winning the lottery, but over time, you begin to reap these benefits of fearing God. It, 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 it opens to a full blossom. A process begins that God uses to bring his blessing. The second side of faith is attitude number two for success, and that is trust in the Lord. Jeremiah 17:7. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Trust in God is a key thing that he blesses. Here's a dictionary definition of trust. Reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety of a person or thing. Confidence. That's, that's what it means to, to trust in God or someone else or something. Reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or thing. The key question in trusting God is, do I believe God enough to trust him to come through with the best outcome? And here's how it works with fear of the Lord. Okay, He set the limits, the boundaries. Boundaries limit you. You get into a situation, if you're going to set your heart on pleasing God and only saying what would make him happy you're not going to say some things that you really want to get off your chest. <laughs> and you're not going to do some things that you'd really like to do. So that means I have to trust God because it limits what I'm going to do. So I have to trust him to come through with the best kind of outcome. That's how those two attitudes work together. What's involved in trusting the Lord? Here's, here's some passages. I'm just going to walk through them pretty quickly that show us what's involved. First of all, believing God exists and rewards. That's, that was found in, we already looked at that passage in Hebrews 11. Uh, anyone who has faith and comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards. That's first. If, if, you're, if you're investigating Christianity, um, to really fear God or trust him, you, you probably have some questions that are going to need to be answered. 
get those questions answered. Uh, I've had those questions. I actually hit a, I was in graduate school, and I was studying to do what I'm doing now, to get ready to, to be a pastor. And I finally decided, these, I had these questions nagging me in the back of my mind. I finally decided, okay, I've got to get the answers. And I, I in my heart, I said, I will not pursue the ministry if these questions don't come out with the right answers. <laughs> you know, if I can't get answers to my questions, how can I stand before a group of people and begin to tell them this is the answer? So I, I began to pursue the answers to my questions, and they're there. The answers are there. Christianity is, is the only faith that really makes sense as you begin to look at the answers that, that you find in Scripture and the, and the way life is put together and the way it works. So get get your questions answered, but that's the first thing in faith. You have to believe God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Secondly, uh, it involves putting your confidence in God. We looked at this verse. Uh, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. It involves relying on God to come through. Listen to this passage in Isaiah 31. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. In the way that we're living our lives, we face problems, we face challenges, we choose who we're going to rely on. Are we going to rely on our own strength, our own ideas, our own insight? Are we going to rely on maybe a person that is in a powerful position that we can trust to really help us with the with this situation? Who are we going to rely on? Trusting in the Lord means you rely on him. Like the guy in the movie, uh, Zach, he was trusting in Neville Noonan and some other things to help him get ahead. I'm going to blow up big. Neville Noonan, he's, he's, he's going to help me get ahead. Of course, he had it wrong, and he was trusting in the wrong thing. God is the one that is writing the story of our lives. And we can choose whether or not we're going to allow him to be the key influence or we're going to try to make it work ourselves. And trusting in the Lord means that we rely on him to come through. It also means staying faithful even when things look impossible. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. And then 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10 uh, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. Paul wrote this passage, and he's just listed all the hardships. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten to a pulp within an inch of his life. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's happened. And he says this, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even life. It looked like it was all over. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This is what's going to happen. There are things in your life that are going to feel like it's over. It's gone. Maybe a goal you're pursuing, a relationship you're struggling in, and it just feels like it's over. Um, but, But what you need to do is trust God, even when it looks impossible. And if you're pursuing a path, uh, I, I appreciate Ben's attitude toward his career. Man, he has a goal he'd really like to make it in uh, writing, directing, acting. But he's trusting God to either let that dream die 
if it needs to, or raise that from the dead. Trust God to bring to life the things that are going to be good for you. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. I don't, I don't push and press and demand that I get my way, but I trust God to resurrect the things that are going to be good for me. That's what it means to have faith and to really trust, trust in the Lord. Life goes well for those who trust God. An arrogant man stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. Here's some benefits of trusting God. First of all, blessing. That means things are good. Life is good. Things are going well. Prosperity. That, that verse I just read, arrogance can be translated greed as well. Greed is a strong desire to have something, and it leads us, if we feed the greed, it leads us to cut corners and try to get it at all costs. Trust God to give it to you if it's good for you. And he will bring prosperity, that satisfaction. Life will flourish and grow. Plans, as you commit plans to God, you make plans that please him and that the goals are right and good. He, he makes those succeed. He gives you direct paths to your goals, to the good goals. Stability, help from God, deliverance from trouble, safety. Take the time to read those uh, this week. Read through the passages and things. I think you'll find some, some really helpful instruction there. God wants us to know the way life works so that we can enjoy the life he's given us. He wants it to be good for us. He wants life to really be enjoyable. And he's shown us in the scripture how life works because he wants us to enjoy it. Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that their hearts. This is a reference to Israel. God has just given the commandments and the boundaries. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. This is God's heart. He wants life to be good for us. But it's good inside his boundaries under the fear of God and the trust in the Lord that that we choose. We choose that attitude or not. And that's where his blessing is. Here's some next steps that you may want to take. Um, Just like that passage we read All who follow his precepts have good understanding. We try to give next steps at the end of the messages here just to help you uh, decide to take a step to follow because understanding grows as you decide to obey the word uh, that we find in the scripture, God's word. One of those steps could be to memorize Proverbs uh, 28.14 or Jeremiah 17.7. Excuse me, uh, which relate to fearing God and trusting God. Or make a shift. Maybe God's spoken to you this morning about relying on him. Your next step is to make a shift from self-reliance to trusting God in a particular area of your life. And then another step could be to read through the benefits of fearing God and trusting God this week. Or for the first time, I'll yield my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you have never decided to turn from going your own way and go God's way. If you're ready to do that this morning, you're ready to follow him, just let us know and drop the the connection card. This is on your outline. It's on your listening guide. It's also on the connection card. It'd be great uh, if if you want to decide to follow Christ or if you have questions about that. Let us know and drop that in the offering. uh, And we'll get you some stuff that will help you begin to answer those questions, or will help you figure out what it means to make that commitment.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the truth of Scripture, the truth that's in your word that really guides and helps us to find out what life is really all about. And thank you for the help that you give in following you. You, you make us want to. You speak to our hearts and sort, help us to sort things out. And I pray that you give us the strength, Lord, as, as you've laid next steps on our heart. Give us the strength to follow you and to accomplish uh, the things that really would please you and bring honor to you. Help us to have an undivided heart that we might please you and bring glory to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.